1: Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 28 and preview of round 29. This episode is brought to you by First Half Red Cards, providing record scores for your opponents and helping you get that much closer to a top draft pick. Uh, Wait, no, no. Um, As always, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, and I'm joined tonight by my fantastic co-host, Mike Denton, Jason Wiskovich, and Tim Shaw from Soccer Captains. How are you all tonight?
0: Doing well, doing well, Reed, Hello, friends.
3: Hey, guys. So good to be back. Thanks again for having me on.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for being here. Well, let's do a a quick review of uh, last round, round 28. Uh, And uh, I'm going to hold off on, I know, the thing that everyone wants to hear about, or maybe they're sick of hearing about it by now, and let everyone talk about how their teams did. So, Mike, how'd you do? Uh,
0: Not that great. 135, so I moved down a few spots, not too much. Um, I'm mostly – the big problems was to share getting benched the first game, which I wasn't expecting – I uh, was kind of hoping that he would give a big game against Minnesota, and then I let myself get talked into to Lee win because uh, I saw that Sporting Kansas City had a history of rotating before the Open Cup, and they did not, and then I had uh, Garza, who got subbed off before he got his clean sheet bonus, but other than that, did pretty well. Rusnak, Montero, uh, even my Vincent differential came through, but... Um, Had a decent captain, but not the right captain this week. So, uh, little red red arrows, but not too bad.
2: Jake, yeah, um, I had one twenty-five. Did not have Martinez at all, which really hurt me. Uh, The LPG and Garza picks also hurt pretty bad. So, wasn't uh, my finest fantasy moment. Um, Better than a. 44, I guess, but still pretty bad. Uh, 115.9 mil is my total, and I am over a rank of 110. The last two weeks have been a slow slide from 63 to 110, so i got to figure something out to get back in the top 100.
3: Tim? Finished up this week with uh, 151 points. Oh, Nice. nice. (laughs) Ended up captaining Elmiron. I switched to him at the last second from Martinez, so I may have been able to make a run at top score all week had I done so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pretty good lineup. I didn't have Lee Wyn. I had Ibsen, who got me 15 points, which is a nice, yep. little, nice little score for someone who had a high floor. Had Montero alongside Martinez up top. My midfield was Vasquez, Valeri, Ibsen, Finlay, and Almiran. I had Brad Guzan and Gonzalez Perez in the back, along with Kendall Waston, and I had Aaron Long, and he didn't play, which was very surprising. I would have figured that he would have played at, at center back against. Uh, I'm losing it, guys.
0: They 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 played Andre Blake this weekend. That's
3: right. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, Philly. Really. I wanted to say Orlando for some re- say Orlando for some reason, but yeah, it was Philly. Um, yeah, we can edit that out, guys. Uh, so <laughs> in his place, and we'll probably want to edit this out too. is Nate Smith for negative one points off the bench because no. I had a Philly defender also not play. So he was my last guy in the bench. Ah, and 3.1 all-star Nathan Smith. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think he's been responsible for every, every single decrease he's had this season. He's been on my roster. So,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, yeah. they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results.
2: And he's going to be in your lineup this week as well. I'm assuming because I know he's a You know he can't he can't lose, <laughs> me
3: points, uh, right? You can't possibly lose me points if he goes yeah. twice. Cue the LA Galaxy
2: <laughs> dual clean sheet. <laughs> Here comes no, I,
0: I want to see how low Smith can go. Like, can we get a two point something player? Like, I think that would be oh, incredible. Wow. Like that. That's what I want to see.
1: It's a record that many teams probably aren't going for or aware of. So we'll have to send some tweets out to him to speak. Like, Congratulations <laughs> on being <laughs> oh, the lowest fantasy. No, no, that would be kind of mean. <laughs> we should send him something physically, maybe some cookies. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, maybe a scarf. That's right. Or uh, a beer. Might, bug, or like like a that that would be kind of weird. Uh, we're sorry you were the lowest, <laughs> the, the least expensive fantasy player in the game. Here's a scarf. Ever. I mean, do, just give
0: him a donuts <laughs> for all the zeros he put up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I did almost as well as Tim. Uh, I had 148 points after my switcheroo. I had a Bradley Wright Phillips, Brad to his friends like Tim, uh, and a Montero switcheroo that I had going on there. And after. The first game with Montero, I was like, "Mm, okay, maybe. And then after the second game of Vancouver, I was like, yes, I will take 18 points any day of the week. Thank you very much. And so I I had him pop in. So I was not concerned when I saw that Bradley Wright Phillips was not starting for the New York Red Bulls. I was concerned, though, because I also had question. So uh, I was pleased to get his one point instead of the zero points that some of these switches would have caused me, but uh, he did not do well for my overall score, um, though 148 was still pretty strong, mostly Green Arrows. Uh, overall rank is 77, so can't complain. My team value is up to 118.1. Uh, my other miss was having Piotti this week, which we'll talk about later on. Otherwise, I had the, the main crew, Almiron Captain, Martinez at the top. I had Assad, and I had Ibsen, so I liked some of those more defensive player. Uh, more consistent player options there i switched out i was too afraid of a yellow card for lpg so i ditched that from the very beginning just was not having it and i had garza and at the last minute i took garza out brought guzan in took out ousted and ran three vancouver players in my back line with nerwinski waston and parker who got me 11 10 and 10 altogether so i was pleased with that would have liked for them to get a double clean sheet but that did not happen but I was very happy with the scores overall. And now we're going to get to what we've already alluded to. Notable games and, take, and fantasy takeaways from this round. We're not going to overlook it. 37 points from Mr. Joseph Martinez. Amazing score. Amazing captain. Blew the Piotti captain that we had a few rounds ago out of the water. Double hat tricks. Double hat tricks yes that pause was there to just let it sink in i sent a tweet out just to the ether after the first one and said i I may have sent it to ben bear but i just said what are the odds of two hat tricks back to back well apparently they were pretty good but uh that was that was crazy did you guys i mean we've got a total implosion with new england on red cards that i don't think are really bad calls and then a crazy game again with with more goals uh coming from the Orlando side as well. But so what is your take guys on Atlanta this this is they're at home for long streaks of time. They're they're facing rotation. Is this streak something that fantasy players should keep riding the Martinez train in Atlanta in general?
2: Absolutely 100%. They were rested for what two weeks. They do have back to back to back home games where Five out of the six are at home, which is great. But um, why would you not write it? I mean, the form that that um, Martinez is in right now—it's undeniable—and you got to write it for as long as you can. I mean, there is going to be rest this weekend, I think. Uh, but I think you—he's a must-have and a must-captain again. Yeah. I Does he mean... rest this week, or do you wait for that away game? I, I don't think that, that they rest this week at all. Um, I, mean, I mean, I think that they'll have you know some – I don't think he's going to play 190. Excuse me, 180. But, I mean, they're in fifth place right now kind of on the bubble. Uh, they have 43 points. New York Red Bulls are right behind them with 42. Uh, and the impact are right behind them with 36. So, uh, I mean, it is a must win for Tata's squad. So I think that uh, they're going to continue to do what works. And he is going to run his stars into the ground.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we didn't talk about it, but Tata's substitution pattern um, on Wednesday night was a little weird. Uh, We were all expecting LPG or LGP to play the whole game, and he was subbed. Uh, Almiron and Martinez played the whole game. Um, Based on what we've seen so far, I think they're going to continue this week. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of rotation from them because you're playing an LA Galaxy team, that has just looked terrible, uh, and then they're playing a Montreal team that has pretty much just uh, clinched themselves out of the playoffs. That's um, the last team that they really have to kind of beat just to make sure that they get the playoffs in, like Jay said. Uh, and they're, they're, they're a Montreal team that's having you know statements put out by the owners about how disappointing their season is. So I think this is a week for Atlanta to get points, to try to get in contention, to host a home playoff game in that wildcard round, which I think is going to be a big deal for them. Uh, and, I mean, Martinez, he's hot right now, but, I mean, he's done it all year when he's played. He's at 1.29 goals per uh, 90 like minutes, that. which is highest in the league. So he's – I think you've got to ride him against two bad teams this this week.
3: Yeah, I agree with both you guys here. I think they're really going to put the, the pedal to the metal here. Um, they have a real good chance of locking in a playoff spot. They've got a game in hand against both New York and Montreal. If they could pick up four or six points this week, week, they're going to be in great shape. Um, I have a buddy who is an Atlanta season ticket holder now. He was a former Red Bull season ticket holder until he moved down there. And he said the atmosphere is unlike anything he's ever seen at any sporting event ever in his life in the new stadium. It was bonkers there. It's such a home field advantage, he said. He said they – I mean, you can see it on TV. Said in person, they just looked even better because whatever. I mean, the the turf has been no problem. They they are very very familiar with how the pitch, you know, kind of plays. And there's no any concerns I had there are just are completely gone now. I mean, these guys, I see them. Maybe their top guys don't put in full 90 minutes both games, but they'll put in some strong. They'll start both games and put in strong shifts to try and really lock up a playoff spot here.
1: I know I'm impressed with any stadium where I can go and get me some Chick Fil A. So that's that's good. Time as well. <laughs>
2: yeah, fry, f- fries for three bucks. right? So f-
1: yeah. Uh, well, let's See, talk about the two teams they played real quick before moving on. Those red cards with New England obviously hurt them uh, in a in a huge way. Do you guys agree when I say that those are justifiable red cards as well?
0: Yeah, I mean the second one I thought was a little harsh as far as the handball.
1: Um, I could agree. okay.
0: But, I mean, it, it was clearly a penalty regardless. I mean, I thought the red was a little bit harsh, but, you know, it was clearly a penalty, and I, you, there was no doubt it was a penalty. Uh, the first red card was absolutely stupid. The Nemeth yep. red card against Sporting Kansas City was absolutely stupid. Um, you know, and this is a team that has clearly lost focus, lost discipline. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen, because it literally came out in the last five minutes, but New England has reportedly fired Jay Heaps as oh. a result of this oh, week. Wow. So um breaking
1: news on MLS
0: Breaking news. He I heard I it here first it by reading um Soccer by Eyes and Paul Tenorio's Twitter feeds.
1: Boom. And even if you didn't hear it here first, we were talking about it first or, or <laughs> second or or something, but we're we're putting in a giant dibs flag right here on this news. So there boom. it is.
0: We recorded we, it first, so <laughs> we <boom>.
1: recorded <laughs> <here we go. laughs> yeah. it. I like okay, it. 9. I like 5. it. Four man's put, Here it is right there.
0: Put that in the intro. We recorded it first.
1: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> there it is. But yeah, I mean, look, this was a week where they had to to win. They needed six points, and for them to be absolutely lifeless, um, I you know, it's it's just been every all year with them. Like they have so much talent, and for them to just be so abysmal on the road makes absolutely no sense.
1: Yeah. And of course, the second game, Orlando Dwyer finally getting some serious points there two goals and one assist. Not unexpected. Laren also getting a goal for Orlando. Not unexpected with um, Perez Garcia and Garza both missing for Atlanta. Missing those two crucial guys there in the background, Uh, but Martinez still getting it done. Wish Almiron had stepped in there too, but still some solid points. I'm not thinking this is anything. Great for Orlando. Maybe it makes Dwyer a bit more of a differential. That's more your wheelhouse, Jay. But uh, I, I think this one we can count mostly just to the back line being different.
2: Absolutely. I still wouldn't touch Dwyer. but.
1: And then we also have to mention Vancouver. I know that uh, uh, guys over at Extra Time Radio have been getting this lambasted for not giving Vancouver their props. So we at MLS Fantasy Insider want to give credit where credit is due. And that goes to Atlanta, who the worst I've said about you guys, you, you Vancouver, Vancouver, yes, yeah, sorry, you Vancouver fans, is uh, that your team just annoys me because it's so inconsistent. And, and I feel <laughs> like that's okay, because it's true. You're still winning, you're still doing great. You've got some some great scores in, in and in a very solid rank over there at the Western Conference at, what is that, number one, I know. But it, it happened again in this round. Uh, Vancouver beats Minnesota with Shea, Hurtado, and Renya scoring right there. And then they turn around and they draw to Columbus with Chani and Montero scoring. So the, the goals are coming. They're coming from who knows where. And your team is great. Fantasy-wise, it's still frustrating because I need consistency. I do. Maybe others don't. You might like the differential option. I did run Montero as a switcheroo, but... Props to Vancouver. Do you guys find the same frustrations that I do in the Whitecaps?
2: Yes, and I do have to say that I have, uh, in my last article, I believe it was on the 15th of last month, I touted that Vancouver would be solid fantasy pickups with Montero and Alstead, I believe it was. Um, And that has come to fruition. Montero has killed it. Vancouver's killed it. So uh, to to our friends up in uh, the great white North, Anna and um, there's another guy on Twitter. I forget his name. Always writes us real nice guy. Uh, Well, white cap scarf. Yeah, they didn't follow me back. So I unfollowed them. Thanks guys. Real cool. (laughs) And um,
1: and, uh, yeah,
2: to you RSL, follow me. But yeah, anyway, anyway. um, Yes. uh, Congratulations. White caps. Number one in the West. That's, Fantastic. Well, let's keep things in
1: Canada. Go ahead. Oh,
0: I was going to give a word of warning about the Whitecaps. Um, I mean, now they do have another home game against Colorado, but after this four out of five are on the road. Um, So I think this great stretch is going to come to an end. Um, They haven't really shown that they're a road team like most other teams in MLS um, outside of TFC in New York city. Um, So I, I don't know how much. I mean, now this week, yeah, you could probably load up on as many Vancouver defenders as you want and be fine. Um, But after that, you know, like we said, the inconsistency plus the road games may uh, dissuade you from
1: picking them up. So we're going to stick with Canada, keep moving forward. Toronto Mm -hmm. wins four goals on the road without Gio and Altidore. Uh, It just speaks... You know, D- Gio and that Altator guy. <laughs> no uh, idea who you're talking about. Yeah, no idea. No, no. Okay. Well, I know they didn't show up, but th- they'll be back. They'll be back. Uh, but that, yeah, they they don't need them. Uh, well, they do need them. But it just speaks to the the depth of this team and the problems that continue to face L.A. Uh, that Toronto can just march in there. And knock it up four to zero, and it's it's just it's just great. Ricketts with a couple of goals right there with his nice brace. Va- Vasquez doing Vasquez things with a goal and an assist. Um, I, I don't know. If there's really much to say about this, but this is what we're expecting from Toronto with this massive point lead they have in the Eastern Conference.
3: Yeah, there's no stopping them. I mean, they're they're going to be the hottest. If they keep this up, they're going to be the hottest team coming into the playoffs, oh, yeah. and. I don't see how anyone goes up to Toronto and beats them.
2: well, the yeah. fact is too, they've already clinched, so I think that they're gonna have a little bit more breathing room to 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 rest their starters. So I yeah. think that's something to definitely keep in consideration for this upcoming double game week. but um yeah, I mean, like you said, Reed the depth that Toronto has is just it's amazing. it's I mean good on them for resting their two their their two best strikers and they still came up with four on the road ridiculous
1: and I think the way you approach this from a double game point of view this week which I guess I'll talk about this now is you're hoping that these players are at least going to be at home for your home fans to see them get to play but these away games so these home and away stretches we may see them not traveling again uh limited time if they do travel at all I mean the way Toronto is right now they could just sit them these two players at home, Josie Althor, or anybody else they want to, they think is crucial for their playoff run. Just sit them at home every away game, because it does not matter unless they really start to feel worried about their ranking in that, in, in their buys or their, or their, yeah. just their how they're going to fall, which with, with 11 points up on New York city FC, and even more than that on the next closest person in the supporter shield, it, it's theirs. And so I, I don't know, yeah. but, I, I mean, they, they can
0: clinch supporter shield this week. That's how crazy yeah. it is. I mean, if they get six points, like they, they, they it's clinch. It's theirs. Um, but I think to your point, I would expect more rotation on that away game, especially this week because it's a, it's at New England, which is at yeah. that synthetic turf that's so terrible. Um, so I would be concerned about the rotation there. But the thing about Toronto is their single-game weeks are better than most other people's single-game weeks. So the <laughs> chance that they may play in the second game yeah, I mean it's it's pretty much just what we in Louisiana call a yep, Y'all call a little bonus, um, <laughs> you know. Just I mean it's 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 a little cherry on top of, of the ice cream sundae that Toronto has been serving up all year.
1: And then speaking of things that need to have a worry up in Canada, Montreal. There they lost to Minnesota. Minnesota getting its second road win, and this is Montreal's fourth, third, fourth consecutive loss maybe even their fifth consecutive loss things are not doing well in the impact and uh, um, it's they're on that bubble Jason had mentioned earlier they're on that bubble struggling to maybe get into a sixth spot in the east I'm not sure who they can do it because several of those teams ahead of them are on a nice little run of form Uh, I mean Tim they're they're right underneath the Red Bulls and I don't See New York dropping enough points to allow Montreal to, ca- to catch up to them.
3: Yeah, New York. Uh, even though they didn't manage to put a goal into the back of the net against Philly, they they looked really really good, especially that first half. They were all over. It's just Andre Blake is apparently he was playing like Tim Howard did in the World Cup. I mean, geez, <laughs> couldn't get anything past? Yeah, he really was. <laughs> um, but I mean, so you know the Red Bulls are are playing well, and you look in Montreal and they're just making big time mistakes in really bad spots and it's, it's coming to bite them in the butt. I mean, what more can you say? A team is just, it doesn't, it's not playing with all that much confidence. They haven't looked got that great from, you know, either on the field or from a fantasy perspective. So I'm not sure that I see them kind of coming out of this slump and then leaping over either Atlanta or New York for that six seed in the playoffs.
2: Well, Montreal has their out of their last six games they have four away games. Yeah. And the entire year they've only won two away games. So that's not very promising, but I think the caveat to that is that they're they are on the bubble. I mean, they they can still potentially make that sixth seed. So they're going to have to go balls to the wall and really try to you know, win every single game and fight for, you know, fight tooth and nail. Uh, just to win so that's why I think that having you know the Jamali and uh, Piattis, uh I mean I think those two are the only ones you get but I think those two will produce for you especially in from a fantasy point of view because they're heavily leaned on by the rest of the team to contribute and that's exactly what they do.
1: Sure, yeah. yeah, and we'll go into depth a little bit more on that in just a second. Uh, but I'll let you keep talking, Jason, because the last team that I want to mention before I just open this up to you all is uh, Real Salt Lake. They they get a win, and things are interesting in, in the Western Conference now. Real Salt Lake right above Houston and Dallas, who share their same score, 38 points thanks to their uh, just – just the better form they have, their goal differentials and everything, and the, the points scored uh, one point behind San Jose, who's fifth, and it's it's tight. There's some 44s after that. It, this, this thing is heating up, Jason, and RSL is looking great. Do you think they stay at that sixth spot, or do you think they're going to finish higher, or do you even think they might choke?
2: Well, this is the thing. Um, RSL is in sixth place, but they have 30 games played where San Jose – is 29 and Houston and Dallas and they're yeah, I would say in Minnesota, but they're too far back. But yeah, uh, Dallas and Houston both have 28. So they have two games in hand. Um, the difference though, is RSL has really hit a run of form since uh Rusnak and Savarino and um, Silva playing up top and Silva on defense. It's, it's been great. There's been, I mean, the, the, the team has turned around and I know, um, Tim will love hearing this, and he knows this too. But Pecky really turned the team around, and Pecky's amazing. Um, Yeah, I, I really do think that uh, RSL um, at least make a six seed. I I think that that's realistic. We have, I mean, they play this week at home against the Sounders, which is going to be a very tough game. We play away at Galaxy. I'm going to pencil that as a win. We play away at Colorado. I'm going to pencil that as a win. We play at home. For the season finale against Sporting Kansas City, who is our most hated rival, that's going to be a crazy game. I really think we can win that game. I I think if we can pull six to eight points out of the last um, four games, I think we have a viable shot at uh, at least a six seed.
3: And they're playing on full rest too, right? They don't have any midweek games for the rest (laughs) of the season.
2: Yep, none of that. We're not going to say the I word on this either. So, yeah, just,
1: (laughs) yep, yep, yep. We won't say that.
2: Nope, nope. Nope,
1: Those those are some of the best games that I wanted to mention from from this past round. Uh, Opening up the floor, guys, is there any other game or player that you want to highlight from this past round that has uh, some interesting fantasy information to take away?
3: Andre Blake is apparently Andre Blake <laughs> the greatest goalkeeper in the history of football so
1: he uh yeah he had uh, he as they said he played on his head is that what they keep saying on on the announcers there he was uh amazing it was great it was great to watch it was fun for me to tweet out that image of just a brick wall and be like here's a a recent picture of Andre Blake so <laughs> yeah
3: uh, With 12 yeah, points was, what a week
1: not i i'm sorry tim i actually was pleased that you all didn't score because after that game by Blake, I was just like, he needs to have this clean sheet. That's he (laughs) has, he has earned it. Um, and of course, the last thing we'll mention before moving on to housekeeping is, uh, new England didn't get a shot against Orlando. That's first. Well, hmm. anyway, Atlanta, that's what I said, right? Or did I say? (laughs) Vancouver this time?
2: (laughs) I don't even know. You've confused me so much today, Reed. (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I just got back from
1: my middle school team losing a tough game, so I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit caught up in that emotion as well. So, yeah, yeah. anyway, moving on to housekeeping, some fun, at least one fun announcement. But first, we're going to start out round 29 starts on Wednesday, September 20th at 7:30. So keep that in mind. Another mid game week, which is how all the rest of these games in September are going to start. So make sure you get your teams set before. 7 30 on September 20th, that is, on Wednesday, if you're listening to yeah. this tonight, or tomorrow if you're listening to this on Tuesday.
0: There are actually read, di- I think it should be seven o'clock. Whoever wrote the rundown was an idiot and got it wrong.
2: Well, <laughs> you are <laughs> and that at MLS injury news. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah, at MLS injury news and tell
2: time right. <laughs> okay,
1: it happens it happens to the best of us. So don't be like Mike and try to Mike is just trying to sabotage your fantasy team. That's what it is. Don't be like Mike and get your transfer set by 7 o'clock on September 20th. Four teams are playing doubles that we've already mentioned. Atlanta is the only one with two home games. LA Galaxy have two away games. Montreal also have two away games. And Toronto FC have one home game and one away game. So weigh your players appropriately. And we're going to tell you how we weigh them in just a second. Uh, the big announcement though that i am happy to say and some of you may have already seen on twitter patreon the scarves are in and they look pretty sweet woo that is definitely going to be a prize that goes to our top winner in the head to head league with patreon it's going to go to our top donors as well thanks as an appreciation for all that you've done and with support of us for these past couple of years And uh, we may find some other creative ways to send out scarves, so keep an eye out for that news. And thank you so much to everyone who donated to help make this project possible. I hope you like them as much as I do, and I'm loving the pictures of the sticker that I'm seeing around in various places. Please also send pictures of scarves when they start going out, because that would be even more awesome. And I guess the only thing that's left now, Mike, is your injury report.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, this is a short one this week. Um, maybe I missed something big. But uh, as far as the the new injuries out of this weekend, not a whole lot. Uh, Nemeth got a red card, as we've already talked about. Uh, Diallo brought in Smith by getting a right hamstring injury. It's L.A., so no timetable whatsoever. Uh, Brett Garza missed with um, – I think it was a right leg injury, a muscular injury. I haven't seen a timetable from the Atlanta folks. Uh, Obviously, with the games in hand, they might be uh, careful with him, but at least you'll see uh, that lineup before deadline. Uh, Kemp for D.C., he's out for the year with the surgery. And then Cody Cropper missed the second half of that double game week with a hamstring injury. I haven't seen a timetable for him. And then as we said earlier, Jay Heaps is out as coach of the New England Revolution. Their first game will be the second game of Toronto's double game week, which is at New England. So that is all the injuries I have. Uh, I double check. There's no yellow card accumulation suspensions for the first game of the double game week, but I'm not sure who's on warning because at this point there's just so many yellow cards and possible breaks that I wait until uh, MLS updates, but whenever that updates, I will tweet it out at MLS Injury News. So that's all I have, unless you all uh, saw something I didn't.
1: We do know that LPG is off of his yellow card accumulation warning. So yeah. is
2: Alessandrini.
0: Yeah, so, so they're back. Um, you know, I don't know about Josie Altidore who missed, obviously. Uh, you know David Villa played, so I'm assuming he's back. So there's a lot of players who are marked as red that MLS just hasn't updated to, to show that they're clear. So if you have any questions about a player that's red, uh, be sure to tweet me and I'll get back to you with what we have.
1: All right, thank you so much, Mike. Now we're going to do our round 29 previews. We're going to start game by game or team by team for the double game week teams, then move to a game by game preview for just the rest of the single game week. And uh, when we get to the the players, teams that are playing against our double game week teams, we'll just talk about that one team since we are going to cover everybody at this first part. So let's start out. Tim, Atlanta as a double game week team, what do you like?
3: I think that their players will all their their big name players Almaro Martinez will get at least sixty minutes in both games. I think Atlanta wins the first game for nothing, and Joseph Martinez records the first ever MLS triple hat trick—hat <laughs> tricks in three consecutive matches.
1: Is this is this practically a guarantee? Call this now this is so a hat trick
0: of hat tricks. <laughs> <laughs>
3: The 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 much sought after hat trick of hat tricks. Uh, my buddy Jason got one when he was eleven years old, and I haven't seen it since. So, <laughs> uh, and then you know Montreal comes to town. I think that's a three two game. I think they win three to two. Montreal. I don't know. I just I think they're going to continue to struggle down the road here, and uh, I think it's just going to be more disappointment north of the border for our uh, our friends up in Quebec. And uh, you know. We get a we get one goal, just one goal from Martinez that game and a brace for Am- for Almiron. So <laughs> Martinez, amaran love them. Um I may go, you know, just one player at each position up and down the pitch just because they've been playing
2: pretty well defensively.
3: Um you know, the Orlando game aside, where Dom Dwyer just played out of his mind. Um, you know, I'll probably I may go two midfielders though with Brad Guzan in back.
1: I don't know, we'll see. So that was going to be my question. If you do decide to go with two midfielders or two forwards, it's the defensive position you sacrifice to keep Guzan?
3: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with Assad. I made that same choice
1: last week myself. Mike, LA Galaxy.
0: (sighs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, this team is bad. Um, I I don't know (laughs) who you'd want. I, I mean... Their goalkeepers are a carousel. You know, Kemp, Kempin was hurt with a left knee contusion. Um, you know, Alessandrini will be back. But other than that, I, I don't think there's many good options. Uh, Giovanni Dos Santos only had that one month where he was good in, in scoring goals. Since then, he's been four points each week at best. Um, you know, Jay and I and Reed were talking before the, the podcast about Jonathan Dos Santos. Um, I mean, he's pretty like okay consistent, you know, three to seven points. Um, Personally, I don't think he's a great option because at 9.1, I think you can get a lot better Um, consistent defensive midfielders who are definitely going to get you double digit points uh, this week, you know, players like Michael Bradley or Marky Delgado. Um, So I think the only player I would take from LA, especially with the two road games and, you know, none of the defenders really being, uh, worth the pickup is, is Alessandrini. Uh, Alessandrini is one of the best players out there. You know, r- doesn't seem to matter what rest of LA is doing. He's always getting pretty much at least five points. So he's almost a lockdown double digits uh, starter for a double game week. So, and I think at Atlanta with the the wear and tear and then, you know, the, the second game I think is is going to be pretty good for them uh, facing, uh, I believe they face Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, Sporting Kansas City, who may be playing 120 minutes midweek. Um, so I, I think Allison Green is the only one to pick up from here. I, I wouldn't touch anyone else. Score prediction? Uh, I will say that it is a 3-2 uh, Atlanta win, and then it is a 1-1 draw at Sporting Kansas City. I
3: just want to uh, jump in for one second here. Uh, that sporting Kansas City team mm-hmm. is going to be very demoralized coming into the weekend as well. So I kind of like Why is it
0: Are they going to have like a bad time at the nightclub after they win? Like a, <laughs> oh,
3: <laughs>
2: cool,
1: cool, cool. oh, you guys. Jason, Toronto. Cincinnati, yeah, so.
2: in Cincinnati, <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah, Toronto played home against Montreal for the first uh game of their double game week uh i do think that some of their main players uh will be arrested for this um but i do still think that uh that it's going to be a a pretty high scoring game i have a 2-2 draw and the players that i think for this game and for the next game that you need to have are josie and vasquez for toronto uh, offensively at least and um Jamali and Piotti for Montreal. And then for their next game, uh, Toronto fly to New England. We all know that there is a, uh, you know, the turf is pretty bad for for most uh, players. So I think that they're going to be rested uh, even more for this game. So, uh, but I do have Toronto winning this game 2-0 just because New England is, uh, is a dumpster fire and for this one, I still think like obviously you're going to have the same players because you can't swap them out. But uh, Josie and Vasquez, uh, and I think that uh, Morrow and Moore are two really good players to have on the defensive side of the ball for Toronto. Um, I'm not sure about the goalkeeping situation. I know uh, Bono and Irwin are two great keepers, but Bono seems to have locked down the, the, the starting role. But uh, I could just see it now that, Bono plays one game and Irwin plays the other. So um, I would look elsewhere for keepers. Yeah, give him some reps. Mike, Montreal.
0: Well, uh, you know, we were talking about the the drama, you know, the owners issuing statements. Um, I think, I mean, with six points out, I think they're probably out. But if they are going to do something, it, it has to start this week. Um, an upset against Toronto and then three points against one of the teams that they're chasing, it, you know, if, if they are going to make it, if they have any dreams, this is the week. Um, you know, we look at Piotti having a bad week last week, missing the penalty. Um, but, you know, if he makes that penalty, he's got a nine-point week and everyone's pretty happy. So, um, I, I think with as good as uh, Toronto and Atlanta are, I don't think you're looking very deep here um, beyond Piotti and Zamali. Um I'm obviously, I'm not expecting them to do much against Toronto. That's probably a three-nothing loss. Um, you know, with it being home at Toronto and Toronto wanting to go all out against one of its Canadian rivals. But I think the match against Atlanta, you know, that's where you're going to see Atlanta's uh, leg start. So I I could actually see Montreal pulling an upset um, if if they're motivated. Um, but I'll, I'll probably say it's a two-two draw. Uh, I think Piotti is is still a pretty good choice, but it's between. Uh, piati and jamali i think it's probably just a personal preference or if you have some sort of feel for for the way the matchup is personally i think piati has just been a little bit better than jamali so i would go uh Piotti.
1: and so this is not a game where you'd look at a or a team where you'd look at a defensive mid like Piate to uh, or piet i guess we decided our star wars or theme <laughs> coming in uh but yeah. but you wouldn't oh, be looking at this team for a d mid
0: No, I mean, first of all, they're going to, I mean, I I could see their D mids kind of racking up some points just because they're going to be under pressure so much. But I think the problem for them is that there are better D mid options, you know, like Michael Bradley or, I mean, Delgado not a defensive midfielder, but he's kind of like that, you know, the fifth mid cheap. Um, I think he's, yeah, he's even cheaper than Piate. And I mean, I, I just, I just don't think he, they offer enough value this week to come over some of the other options for the double game week teams.
1: Sure. Score prediction.
0: Um, yeah, I think I said, I think three, nothing Toronto uh, in the first game and then two, two draw a uh, second game against Atlanta.
1: All right, let's move on to the rest of the week with the single game week teams. Keep us going, Mike, with New York city versus Houston.
0: Well, you know, this is the big one because it's the first game played in co- MLS game played in Connecticut, which I know everyone is super, super excited about. Um, but, uh, hands, I, <laughs> well, it's not really jazz hands. It's more brass hands, you know, brass Uh oh. We got to honor the Whalers' legacy uh, in Hartford. Um, but look, Houston's still terrible <laughs> on the road. Nothing has changed about that. Uh, I, I, we don't know if Ring and Herrera will be back for New York City. I tend to think that they will be. Uh, I think New York City kind of took its lead and make sure Herrera and Ring rested up. Uh, obviously, if they're not available, Imperial has to play. I, I think Houston could have a better time of this, but Houston just hasn't shown me anything on the road um, to, to think that it's anything other than a 2 nothing uh, New York City win. Um With the double game week, um, I, I think David Villa is the only uh, option out of this that, you know, might overcome uh, some of the double game week players. Um, you know, Maximo Morales might be an interesting pick if you wanted to go super differential, but there's too many midfield options for me. So I think David Villa coming off the, you know, the rest from his injury, uh, I think he'll be chopping at the bit. And Houston uh, defense on the road is just not good enough to make me to th- to think. I-, I think that would be I could easily get a brace here. So two nothing New York City, and I think they get back on track after having um, so many injuries coming out of the international break.
1: Nice. On a random aside note, did you ever at any point in your life imagine that one day you would be on a podcast talking about how much you dislike Pierlo?
0: Um. I mean, maybe when we signed him, I don't know that uh, I would have thought that, but I mean, probably within like two months of us signing him, I knew it, it was a bad idea. Um, okay. I mean, it's look, I mean, he's he was a great player. Like, I'm not like, but what he is now, um, it's just easy to take away and create offensive chances off him. I mean, he wasn't at fault this past week, but I mean, we only put one against a Colorado. Um, what ring and her? It, And he really, it's not even as much like Pirlo is bad, even though I think he's bad. It's Ring and Herrera are really, really good. Like Morales, Ring, and Herrera, when they're all healthy, like I think that's the best midfield in MLS. Oh, Um, all right. Because their defensive skills are unparalleled to anyone else in MLS. And the chances that they create off those defensive turnovers and um, I I think really feeds into everything that New York City is trying to do. It makes David Villa better. It makes Harrison. It makes, you know – um, Wallace better and if you don't have that then all of a sudden Maxi Morales and Tommy McNamara who are their subs are trying to stay back doing defensive work and they're just not that cut out for it and so you would lose that offensive chances that they generally create and Pirlo what he brings to the table at this point is not enough to make up for what he takes away from you as far as formation and tactics
1: all right Jason New England versus Toronto
2: So I did uh, mention this one a little bit before, but I think this one uh, goes 2-0 to Toronto. Um, New England are a dumpster fire, Um, and even though it is at home, I think there will be a little bit of rotation for Toronto. Um, But uh, I think Josie, Vasquez, Morrow, and Moore are the ones that you want uh, from this game. Uh, There's really just no one I would trust or want from New England, especially with having uh, the other four teams on double game weeks.
1: Tim, DC versus San Jose.
0: <sighs> uh,
1: Got to be honest with you. It's
3: going to be a 1 1 game. Um, I don't really see any fantasy relevant players here. Um, not enough to make up for the players you're going to be getting that are on double game week. So maybe Bill Hamid if you think DC is going to keep a clean sheet. But, you know, DC is pretty much done for the year. San Jose's. Looking for a playoff spot, so they're going to really tighten it up on the road here. Um, I think, you know, Lloyd Sam sneaks one in for DC late, and uh, they managed to salvage a point at home. 1 1 is the final score.
1: Mike, Philly versus Chicago. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no not even uh, a yawn just an emphatic no yeah
0: I mean you, look I mean, Schweinsteiger has been hurt um I mean Chicago's gotten Vincent back so maybe they could get a clean sheet on the road but I mean Chicago hasn't been a good road team all year Philly hasn't been a good team all year period um I I, I don't know what you would want to do get get out of this I mean if maybe a Sapong differential but I think you know Chicago's getting a little bit better with Vincent back. He's so important for what they do. Um, I, I I just don't see much out of this one one nil nil. It, it's just that none of these players are going to be worth taking over a double game week player. You know that, that's 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 the bottom line for for this podcast. I just don't see. I mean, this is gonna that's gonna be an ugly game to watch. It's just boring. Um, Chicago without Schweinsteiger is kind of boring. So no, I'd skip it.
1: Tim, back to you for Columbus versus the New York Red Bulls. Big, important game in the standings over there in the East.
3: This is an interesting one here. So the Red Bulls play in Kansas City on Wednesday. So I think they go straight to Columbus. They stay there Thursday, Friday, play on Saturday. So really only two full days of rest. I think New York sees what the outcome of the Montreal-Toronto game is. If they see Montreal lose, then that gives the Red Bulls a lot of breathing room in the standings. You know, New England's no longer a factor. I don't think Orlando or Philly are a factor either. You know, they're really looking at Montreal as the only team that could potentially catch them. If they if Montreal does lose, we might see the Red Bulls really cram it in the back there and just try and get a nothing-nothing draw or a 1-1 draw, especially if it's a rough, long game in Kansas City. So just on that note, I wouldn't really recommend picking up any Red Bulls players and any Columbus players for that matter. Um, we really don't know what to expect. Uh, Columbus also is another interesting case. We were talking about teams that Montreal could potentially catch. Columbus has 30 games in the books already. There are 44 points. So, really, Montreal, if they win their next two games, they're only two points back from Columbus. So we could see, you know, they're in a similar situation as RSL. They need to win a couple of games and they're safe, but if they stumble a little bit here at the end, it could be a little dangerous for them. I don't see that happening, though. I mean, like I said, uh, I don't really see any fantasy options for Columbus and New York, given that we don't know how New York is going to come out. If they do come out to play defense, then it's going to be a tough fantasy day for everybody involved.
1: And in case people don't know, the reason we keep talking about sporting Kansas City against New York Red Bulls is because that's the Open Cup Final.
3: It is. Chance of the first trophy.
1: Come on, boys! <laughs>
3: Go Kansas City. How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> you want you want the Red Bulls to win here, Reed, because then the team that beat you won it all. So
1: if he had won, then they would have won it all. You see, I, I think I've talked about this before. I'm not that nice of a person uh, i've never understood that mentality when my team loses i want the team who beat me to also lose for revenge so that's how i operate
0: let your anger flow through
1: you uh, almost soon <laughs> <sooner> <laughs> will. Uh,
0: Jeffrey, jesus
1: <laughs> uh, jason minnesota versus dallas
2: <sighs> yes yeah. yeah i was hoping that i would have done that before mike but hey it's okay it's Two yawns in a podcast is pretty good. but um, Three. I think Tim gave us a yawn, too, didn't he? Oh, did, did he?
1: Yeah, we've, all three of us have That's now right.
2: yawned. That was the first. I love it, love it. Um, yeah, I really think that this is going to be a boring game. It's going to be nil-nil or 1-1. One, one. Um, I don't like anybody from this game. Both teams, I think, are wildly inconsistent, especially from a fan, uh, fantasy perspective. If you were to get one, I think Ibsen would be the only one to get. But even then, I think there's better double, week, uh, double game week options in the midfield. So, for that, I'm going to say no one, 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 hashtag, yawn, mic drop.
1: Uh, now for a special team, uh, we have the First Order versus the Resistance. Um... People have wanted us to get a little bit of Star Wars worked into this podcast after last week, so yeah, I'm taking up uh, First Order versus the Resistance. I think because I've won the nerd off just due to my Star Wars book collection and possibly also Lego collection. Hit me up on Twitter at MLS Fantasy Boss if you want to see that. Um, I mean, let's let's just be serious. First Order versus Resistance. The Resistance already have one game in hand, or not even game in hand. They have one huge victory. They blew up the First Order's planet. But we've been there. We've done that twice before. That's old news. It's the second episode that's coming out now, and it's time for the First Order to regroup and make a stand, possibly run the Resistance off of some ice planet. I'm not sure, but I think the First Order is going to be able to take this next game that's coming up against them. Uh, Probably pretty solid, a a nice little routing, maybe 3-0, maybe one one little goal for the Resistance. A a, a glimmer of hope, we'll call it. Maybe a new hope for the Resistance comes through for it. Um, My overall expectations, though, uh, I'm not sure Mara Jade is going to feature much in this game at all. Maybe a cameo at the end. If we decide to go that route at all, her time may be finished with the entire franchise. I think that's a mistake, but, you know... It's not my call. It's it's in somebody else's hands.
0: Yeah, I'm concerned too. Uh, you know, Ray was a pretty big player for uh, the resistance in the last match out. But you know, now she's on rotation. You know, doing some sort of weird healing trip. Um, you know, with some doctor or guru that we don't even really know much about. Hasn't been around. We haven't seen him produce uh, in a long time. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, without that, you know, all you have is. Um, Fn two one eight seven. Uh, I just don't think he brings enough to the table, uh, you know, to to really provide the support that Poe Dameron really needs. So uh, I, I think you're right, Reed. I think this is going to be a first order win. Yeah, Finn's I on
3: the it. injury list, man. He's on the injury list.
0: Now, th- I mean, that's true. I, I don't even know if he's going to play. He might get twenty minutes at most.
1: Yeah, I mean, when it all comes down to it, I think we all just have a bad feeling about this. Yeah. All right, Jason, back to you. Real Salt Lake versus Seattle.
2: So with this, I have RSL winning 2-1. RSL's home form has been fantastic the past uh, two months, and uh, this is a this is a big game uh, for RSL and Seattle as well. Seattle have 44 points and RSL have 38, so every point matters. Uh, But I think RSL uh, win this 2-1. The only player I would pick if I had to would be uh, Rusnak, just because i said it all season, he's a monster at home. I'm personally not taking any RSL players. So I'm loading up on all double game league players, but Roosnack would be the only player that I would pick if I had to.
1: Mike, Vancouver versus Colorado.
0: I would probably yawn on this one if we hadn't yawned so much before. Um, But you know what? This is actually some interesting options for a switcheroo. I think Vancouver's got a pretty good shot at a clean sheet. So if you wanted to put in um, any of their defenders as part of a switcheroo, I think that'd be a good idea. Um, If you wanted to be a more offensive switcheroo, I think Montero um, would be a pretty good option. Um, And, I mean, they, they play late. So, uh, maybe they play after most of the double game week. Well, I guess some of the double game week teams. So, if you wanted to do a switcheroo, I I think that's what you're looking for here. Obviously, you don't want anyone from Colorado. But, uh, really, any of the Vancouver back line uh, that we talked about last week or or Montero, I think would be good in a switcheroo this week. Uh, Score prediction, um, 1 or 2 nothing Vancouver.
1: Okay, Tim, Sporting Kansas City versus LA Galaxy.
3: Score prediction, KC one, LA Galaxy two. Allison Drini gets a goal. Um, he's really the only fantasy player worth talking about in this game. Uh, SKC is just going to be just going to come in heartbroken. You know, chance at a trophy slipped right through their fingers on Wednesday, and uh, just unable to put it together against LA, who comes away with a surprising road win.
1: Uh, they've gotten some road wins in the past. They've been okay on the road. Yeah, they've been better than at home. A little rough recently, I'll say, but their history has been okay on the road this season. That's right. All right, Mike. Wrap us all up with Portland versus Orlando.
0: Well, I mean, you know, with the double game week, I think your probably only option here is Valeri. But I mean, we haven't mentioned it. He scored a goal eight games in a row, so I mean, he's, you know, he's going to probably keep riding that train at home. Um, you know, they're chasing a number one seed uh, in the playoffs, so uh, you know, Orlando is Specter back is good, but I mean, they just gave up three goals uh, on the road, and this is a long road trip. Uh, this is the kind of game that Portland should win easily. So uh, I'm going to say uh, 2-1, uh, you know, for o- Orlando. I think a lot depends if Kaka plays and, and how much uh, leeway Jason Kreis has. Uh, personally, based on last week, I think they're much better without Kaka. I think the numbers back that up. And it seems that they, they created a lot more offensively without Kaka. And so if Kaka is making your defense worse and hampering your offense, to me, he probably should sit. But I don't know if Jason Kreis has that authority to sit him. If, if it's just Dwyer and Laren up top, I, I think Orlando could get a goal or two. But, um, you know, obviously for double game week purposes, Valeri the only one who is going to threaten any of the double game week midfielders, I think, or at least dependably. So I think he's your only uh, fantasy option from this game.
1: All right. Thank you guys so much for those game breakdowns. Now let's move on to our player picks. Jason, keepers.
2: So the keeper that I have this week is uh, Brad Guzan, and that is it. Okay.
3: Tim. Brad Guzan, my man. Mike, I have Brad too. All right, three for three defenders. Tim, so I've got Drew Moore, I've got Chris Mavinja, and right now I have uh, Johan Kavelhof. I don't know why he's on my roster, but uh, he is right now. I'm probably going to switch that third defender around. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, I would like a second defender for Atlanta, but I think we can go with the three attackers as I mentioned earlier in the in the podcast. Mike,
0: I have um, Gonzalez Perez because you know he served the yellow card suspension and got an arrest, so I think he's a pretty good shout uh, for Toronto defensive coverage. I have Zavaleta, uh, and then I also have Opare from DC United. Think they have a decent shout um, against uh, San Jose.
2: Okay, and Jason, I also have LGP Moore and Morrow with um, a Parker switcher route.
1: Okay, Mike, midfield.
0: Uh, well, weirdly enough, I'm only running four midfielders, although I do have One. five in my roster. Uh, but I'm only right now. I'm starting Almeron, Alessandrini, Piati, and Vasquez, and then I have uh, Marky Delgado on my bench.
2: Jay, I have Alessandrini, Almeron, Vasquez, Piatti, and Jamali.
1: and Tim.
3: Vasquez, Alessandrini, Jamaeli, Assad, Almiran. No Piotti. No Piotti.
1: Hmm. A, a
2: nice mix. We I mean, like we like mixing things up. Jason, forwards. The man, the myth, the legend, Joseph Martinez. And uh USA Wonderboy, Josie Altador.
1: Okay. Tim.
3: Got Joseph Martinez. And uh, right now I have Josie Altador selected. But I may change that if I really think he's gonna be uh, I really think he's gonna be swapped
1: out. Mike?
0: Well I have Martinez and Altidore, too. Um, but I have a third forward, David Villa.
1: Big money right there. Okay, guys, captain picks, Tim. Um well Joseph Martinez is
3: gonna get the first ever triple hat trick in the MLS, so he's my man.
2: Okay. Jason. Quadruple hat trick for uh, Joseph Martinez. Oh my goodness. Mike.
0: No hat trick for Martinez. I have Almeron. You bite
2: your tongue, you heathen. <laughs> you gotta get on the hype train, man. The train's pulling out of the station. Woo woo! The, the train <laughs> the train left last week. I'm I'm sprinting to catch it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You really are. All right. Best clean sheet chances, Jason. Ooh, this one's fun. So I think that Atlanta is definitely gonna get one clean sheet, and that's gonna be against the galaxy. I think Toronto is going to get one as well, and that's going to be versus New England. Uh, I actually do think that New York City FC is going to get a clean sheet versus Houston. I think the D.C. San Jose game is going to be nil-nil, so you can pencil in two double clean sheets there. The Vancouver Whitecap versus Colorado Rapids game is going to be a clean sheet, and that is it.
3: Tim? We've got uh Toronto, Atlanta, and actually, you know what? i got Chicago too. That's Those are my top three. So that's why you had Kapelhoff. Yeah, <laughs> Mike.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I agree with um, what, what Jay said. I think Atlanta and TFC have shots at clean sheets. Although I think it, TFCs are better. Uh, I think uh, DC has a good shot at a clean sheet. Um, you know what? I'm going to say uh, Columbus has a good shot at a clean sheet. Oh, I'm sorry, Vancouver. Vancouver is the one with the with a good shot at the clean sheet. I mean, they play Colorado. Anyone who plays Colorado at home has a great shot at a clean sheet.
1: All right, guys, thank you so much for those game breakdowns and player recommendations. I hope you listening find them helpful, or at least that they help reinforce thoughts that you are having, or maybe help you think about something from a different angle than before. Now we're going to move on to our community time. going to start out with the top score for the r slash fantasy MLS League, and that goes to Rick Collings whose team, Chipper and Flipper, actually had the high score for the entire round with 196 points. Well Yay. done. Well done. Yeah, just a few shy of that uh, all-important, all-glowing, that prized 200-point mark. So, very well done. Very well done. Now we're going to move off into the MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon Head-to-Head League, uh, which you guys are now playing for a score Scarf, pretty sweet looking scarf by the way uh, a small change this week RJ Gage is still at the top with 20 wins uh, Alex Bruni is far behind him with 17 wins that's really RJ's to lose uh, but we have one change here Mark Prince has moved up into third place as Matthew Lippman has fallen down the fifth but I also want to mention that our very own Michael Denton is right there at fourth just, just nipping at the heels right there Ouch, a yawn. And of course, let's talk about my favorite head-to-head league. It is the MLS Fantasy Insider Hosts Head-to-Head League. Nothing has changed right now, uh, though there's some more breathing room for myself. I am still number one. Fantasy Football 24-7 is second, and Andrew Crawlard is number three. Um, everyone has stayed the same. These these are pretty, pretty tight right now. People are winning who should be winning. People are losing who should be losing, and helping people win who should win. Shut up, Reed. Aren't changing. <laughs> I was talking about Weeby. Aren't changing very much. Um, I did beat Jason, yes, 148 to 125. I'm going to say thank you, Jason, for helping uh, – Help me getting ahead of Fantasy Football 24 7 to give me some breathing room because Blaine took out Fantasy Football 24 7, 153 to 146. So very tight, very tight. And their team is actually very high up in the overall ranking. So that's a, a pretty nice result for Blaine. Um, Phil fell to Andrew Crawlard, 126 to 136. Ivan from Fantasy Football first took on Mr. Guy Sanchez, and he handily won 129-76. to 76. Uh, Tim, you went head-to-head with Mike. Darn tootin' I did, and uh, you know what happens when you go one-on-one with a great one, Mike? The smacketh gets laid down. So laid <laughs> <Lay> down!
2: <laughs> Good game. I guess at
1: least as far as MLS Fantasy Insider head-to-head league is concerned, New York is red right now.
0: Uh, first of all, no it's not. I don't know what that was. That was
1: a GG <laughs> but, button that I have on my desk. It's awesome. No, I, I thought for sure you'd play the Power Rangers theme song. Oh, if only. Uh,
0: <laughs> but, uh, but look, I, I figured you know the, the most important thing, uh, Reed, is making sure that the New York Red Bulls lose Wednesday night. So I figured That's the true. best way to do that is to make sure that all of Tim's good juju is wasted on uh, a fantasy matchup in a league that neither of us can win. So I, um, yeah. I, I did that kind of sneaky tactic oh. uh, this week.
1: I have so much juju, man. You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of juju, Simon came back from forgetting to set his team a few weeks ago with his one point, and he did beat Travis 152 to 140. Uh, He had the second highest score overall. Blaine, I didn't mention earlier, had the highest score in our league with 153 points. So well done, Simon. Well done. And then finally, the match of the century, Two men entered, one man left because really only one man entered in the first place, and that man was Ben Bear, who overcame Andrew Weeby one twenty-five to seventy-two. So, well done, Ben. Good job. Good job. What we would have expected. I'm surprised Andrew got that many points.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's actually a loss for Ben Bear because it wasn't over a hundred <laughs> points uh, differential. So. <laughs>
1: Well, you never know. You never know. Some, he probably still had Martinez captain or something. So he got the points from Martinez and, and that was
0: no, he had, had Nikolic captain, but he had Almiron. He also got some uh points from the Sporting Kansas City defense and then Jovan Jones and Parker.
1: We be sneaky. He's playing the long game. He's gonna come in these last five rounds and just dominate. It's it's gonna be a beautiful thing. Uh, Next week, I am taking on Mike. Uh, Mr. Guy Sanchez is taking on Travis. Andrew Crawlard is taking on Andrew Weeby. Congrats on the win, Andrew Crawlard. Fantasy Football 24-7 is taking on Ben Bear from MLS. That'll be a good game. Jason is taking on Simon. Blaine is taking on on Tim. And Phil is taking on Ivan from Fantasy Football First. Uh, Our head-to-head will be wrapping up soon because we have a playoff system in our head-to-head. So, the teams will be coming fewer, and we'll be able to give you those updates as they come. And it it's anybody's game at this point. Well, maybe not anybody, but it, it's going <laughs> to keep going on. So that's all that we have for you today with uh, our podcast. And uh, we're going to finish up with uh, the plugs. Tim. You can
3: find me at SoccerCaptains on Twitter, Facebook.com slash soccercaptains, and www.soccercaptains.com. Jason.
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at J I will also be uh, doing the Fantasy Major League Soccer Twitter tomorrow from 6 to 8 Eastern time. And I should be having an article, i um, assuming that I'll either be posted tomorrow or Wednesday on MLS. I, so think
1: be I on Tuesday.
2: Okay, perfect. So, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll send that out to you guys. As well, and I've, I've actually had a, a couple of people ask me about the punts and differentials. I did lose my job, so I've been searching and interviewing things like that. Um, so that's really been my primary focus. But also, this year has been a little difficult because of the unlimited transfers. It's been very difficult to gauge uh, differentials since there's so many transfers in and out uh, within, you know, the hour that lineups get released to lineup locks. So, but um, I appreciate the support. So thanks.
3: You know what, Jay, you've earned me a lot of points, so. Thank you, my friend. Where it's Thank still work? You still got it, bud.
2: Yes!
1: Well, if anybody has any different ideas for what you might like to see Jason write about, feel free to send those in as well, and maybe he'll find new new creative juices to help inspire him for, for those tips that come out. And, of course, you can check out everything that I have going on over at MLSFantasyBoss.com where we have our articles and our XG stats and predictions. You can also head over to r slash fantasy MLS, the subreddit community to see captain's polls and just rate my teams and, and any kind of conversation that goes on. And you can also catch some articles I'll have coming out at MLS soccer as well, right beside Jason. So thank you everybody for listening this round and
2: good luck. We don't care about Mike's plugs.
1: No. No, <laughs> oh, I, I, I I can edit this back in. I can edit this back in. Mike, about you?
0: Oh add MLS injury news. I appreciate you asking, Reed.
1: Now actually, good luck. You should just you should just leave that. I think I am, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it. <laughs>